1: All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where
2: fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Uh, later on, after this first commercial break, we're going to be getting right to X minus one from 1955. But I came across this story today that just just made me so blooming mad that I have to share it with you, the Exo Nation. As you know, we've been following the missing t- the the story of the missing young lady from uh, Woodstock, Ontario. Her name is Victoria Tory Stafford, and um, this story relates to her because Tim Hortons would not allow Tory posters in their restaurants. That was their initial response anyway. When um, apparently when she was asked to post the missing person's flyer on the door of the her local Tim Hortons, uh, Christy Burtnick didn't anticipate any answer from the manager but a quick okay but the actual response? The po- that posting the flyer on the restaurant's window was against corporate policy. Can you just imagine that? Now she was given the same answer when she was at, when she asked to post a flyer about Victoria Stafford's disappearance at another Strathroy Tim Hortons. Now, you want to see somebody go through the roof? The unexpected answer from 2 Tim Hortons restaurant was enough to prompt Christy, a Woodstock native, to contact the restaurant chain's head office. Again, the response was entirely unexpected. She was told by a Tim Hortons representative that police typically tell us that any type of missing, missing child posters are unfortunately not helpful after the first few days of a disappearance. Well, in Woodstock, the city's six Tim Horton locations had already ignored the company-wide policy by posting flyers about the missing 8-year-old girl. By Friday, the day that investigators uh, classified the disappearance as an abduction, the company had also softened its policy. And uh, Christy finally received the responses that she expected. Last night, we received an official missing persons poster about... Victoria from the Oxford Community Police, wrote uh, Dave Morelli, the restaurant chain's public affairs director, in an email to Christie. Today, the Ontario Provincial Police officially classified Victoria's disappearance as an abduction. Uh, This is a quote. uh, Because of these exceptional circumstances, Tim Horton has adopted its policy on signage in stores. Today, we have made the Oxford Police poster available to dozens of stores in south-central Ontario to display at their discretion. Hopefully the posters will help a customer or staff member alert police to Victoria's whereabouts. Uh, Mr. Morelli explained that Tim Horton's policy was intended to ensure nationwide standards of cleanliness and aesthetics regarding store windows for its franchise owners. In this situation, at and at the police department's request, modifying those standards is the right thing to do to help find a missing girl. Morelli couldn't be reached by uh, members of the media for additional comments. While pleased that, that Tim Hortons has softened its policy in this particular case, Christie said the restaurant chain still hasn't gone far enough as far as she's concerned. There's been outrage on our group Facebook site, she said. The members of Tim Hortons Canada rejects Victoria Stafford poster are willing to back it up all the way. Instead of limiting the flyers to its south-central Ontario and leaving the decisions to the discretion of store managers, Christie said Tim Hortons should be taking more of a leadership role in the search for the missing girl. As of Monday, one of the Strathroy locations still hasn't posted the poster. Well, exonation maybe we can still help. Tori is four foot five inches or one hundred and thirty four centimeters tall and weighs sixty two pounds or twenty eight kilograms. She has blue eyes and blonde hair cut just below the ear. She was wearing a green shirt, a denim skirt, black and white shoes, and a Hannah Montana jacket with a fur lined hood. Anybody seeing Victoria or having information, please contact the Ontario Provincial Police or the Oxford Regional Police or Crime Stoppers. I'll be back after this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Back into do don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover Old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida Cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, the Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka Remember 213 401 0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere 24 7 365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid January 2017 to the XZBN. During the commercial break, I was talking to my producer, Melanie, and uh, can you just imagine, Tim Hortons is a very large coffee shop chain here in Canada. I know there are there are Tim Hortons in the United States as well. But instead of just limiting the posters to the immediate area where little Victoria lived and was last seen, why not put them in each and every Tim Hortons where millions of people go in each and every day to buy a coffee, and this would just expand the the um, the availability of possibly bringing a tip to light that would help law enforcement agencies to bring Victoria home safe and sound and to catch the perpetrator of this abduction. But that's just my opinion. We're going to try and get the lady who who is spearheading this, um, this plight against uh, Tim Hortons, and we'll try and get her on tomorrow, even if just for five or ten minutes. As promised Exon Nation, we are going to go now to X minus one. We're going to go back in time to 1955. This is the sixth episode. So get a you know get settled. You've got your coffee nearby? Your cup of tea? Well, let's go back into the Exon wayback machine to a time when radio ruled the entertainment world, just much like it does here on the Exon. So sit back, enjoy, because we are going back to the the mother of all great science fiction shows, X minus one, right now here on the X Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network.
3: Count down for blastoff: X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X-1-1. Tonight, the science fiction classic, Knock, by Frederick Brown. Tonight, we have a strange story to tell, a sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock at the door. What's that?
4: Good morning, man. What? Who are you? You have regained consciousness. Who are you? I am Sam.
3: I'm still asleep, I must be. You are not asleep. Maybe if I close my eyes, it'll go away. I will not go away, man. No. I guess I'm awake. Who... What are you?
4: I am a Zan. What's that? A Zan is intelligent life.
3: Look, I don't... What happened? Where are you from?
4: From planet seven in the third galaxy in the fourth quadrant. Where? It is not necessary to repeat information which is correct in the original statement.
3: Planet seven, but you mean I'm not on Earth?
4: You are still on your planet.
3: What are you doing here?
4: The Zans have annexed your world.
3: You mean you've conquered Earth?
4: Yes, that is We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zan.
3: How about the people? What about the population of the world?
4: You are the population of the world.
3: Hmm? Now, wait a minute. I, I can't... I don't understand what's happened.
4: The Zan have landed on your planet. We have removed the lower life forms to prepare for colonization by the Zan.
3: When did all this happen?
4: Two days ago. You have been unconscious until now.
3: You really mean I'm the last man on Earth?
4: That is correct. Identify yourself now. What? Kindly provide data as to your position in the elementary social order of your planet.
3: Oh. I'm uh, Walter Phelan, Associate Professor of Anthropology at Nathan University. How do you speak English?
4: We have deciphered your written and recorded records. It is not difficult to reconstruct your language. It is a primary type of auditory communication. Oh. Is there anything you want to complete your natural habitat?
3: You mean I'm a prisoner?
4: That is correct. What would you want further in your room?
3: Do I have to stay here? Yes. The rest of my life?
4: Forever.
3: you better bring me my books. That Uh, will be done. That's rather considerate of you. You know, I've got to call you something. Do you mind if I call you George?
4: It is immaterial. I will be back, Associate Professor of Anthropology. Oh, that's all right,
3: George. Just uh, call me Walter.
4: Very well, Walter. I will be back with your books.
3: All right, George. I'll be seeing you around.
4: You will not be around, Walter. You will be here.
3: Come in. Hello, George. George, you're different somehow.
4: It makes no difference. The sun are many, and they are one.
3: Then I'll call you George, too. I'll call you all, George. Uh, What can I do for you?
4: Point one. You will please henceforth sit with your chair facing the other way.
3: Uh Uh-huh. I thought so, George. That plain wall is different from the other side, isn't it?
4: That is correct.
3: It is transparent. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm in a zoo, right?
4: That is correct.
3: How many other animals do you have in the zoo, George?
4: Two hundred and sixteen.
3: <laughs> Not complete, George. Even a bush league zoo could beat that. Did you just uh, pick at random?
4: Yes. All species would have been too many. Male and female, each of one hundred and eight kinds.
3: Male and female, huh? Of, uh, all the animals?
4: There is a female of your species among the collection. Hmm,
3: anyone I know? Uh, well, never mind, it doesn't matter anyway. Well, uh, what do you feed us all, eh?
4: For carnivorous species, we make synthetics flora was
5: not hurt by the vibrations which
3: destroyed animal life. Oh, nice for the flora. Well, George, you started out with point one. I deduce there is a point two kicking around somewhere. What is it?
4: Something we do not understand.
3: Oh? Two
4: of the other animals sleep and do not wake. They are
3: cold. Don't worry, George. It happens in the best regulated zoos.
4: What is wrong with them, Walter? Nothing
3: much. They're just dead. Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. That means
4: Nothing stopped them. Each was alone.
3: Well, maybe they just died of old age.
4: Old age? I do not understand.
3: You don't? How old are you, George?
4: Your planet went around the sun about 7,000 times since I was born.
3: 7,000 years? Yes, I am still young. Yeah, a babe in arms. Look, George, you've got something to learn about this planet you've hijacked. Here on Earth, we've got somebody you don't know where you come from. An old man with a beard and an hourglass and a scythe. Your vibrations didn't kill him. What is he? Oh, old man death. Down here, our people and animals live until somebody, the grim reaper, stops them.
4: He will stop more?
3: And he gets us all, George. With your lifespan, it won't seem like a minute and we'll all be gone. <laughs> Looks like you made a mistake, George. And I don't think there's much you can do about it.
4: That is not correct. The Sun is a logical being. We will take action.
3: George, uh, where are you taking me? We
4: will be there shortly. We
3: will bring your books and your chair. You mean my lease is up? Uh, I do not understand. It's moving day? That is correct. We
5: are here now. You will live here now, Walter. It is a larger
4: room.
3: Well, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home.
4: Go inside.
3: Oh, be careful with those books, George. Don't lose my... Oh, uh, excuse me.
5: Who, Who are you? What are you doing here?
3: I guess George didn't explain. Uh, George uh, tries to be polite, but he hasn't quite caught on yet. I'm Walter Phelan.
5: My name is Grace Evans, Mr. Phelan. What's all this about? Why did they bring me here?
3: I think I know why, but uh, let's go back a bit. Do you know just what has happened otherwise?
5: No, not exactly.
3: Well, I've been talking to George. George? Well, that's what I call them, all of them. There's no way to tell them apart anyway. There aren't many of them here yet. They come from outside the solar system, sort of an advanced scouting party.
5: I saw their spaceship. It's as big as a mountain.
3: Yeah, they're moving in on us. They cleaned off the Earth with some kind of vibration. It destroys all sorts of animal life. I don't know whether they did it all at once or if they had to circle the Earth a few times, but they killed everybody.
5: No. I was afraid The
3: cheerful note is that you and I and uh, 200-odd other animals were picked up beforehand as specimens for the zoo. You do know this is a zoo, don't you?
5: I suspected it. But I don't remember anything about being captured. I just woke up here. Well,
3: my hunch is they used the vibrations just low enough to knock us all out. And then they cruised around, picking up samples at random. When they were all set, they turned the juice on full blast.
5: How terrible.
3: Yeah, well, they solved a lot of problems for us. Housing shortage, wars, even the atomic bomb. I don't suppose the human race, you and I, have to worry about anything now. It's awful. Only they made a mistake. They underestimated us.
5: I don't understand.
3: (laughs) They thought we were immortal.
5: But we were what?
3: Immortal, like they are. Oh, they can be killed, but the Zans don't know what natural death is. They didn't know anyway until they lost two of us yesterday.
5: You mean there are, are more than two of us?
3: Oh, not more of our species, no. These were merely fellow animals, a rabbit and a canary. And by the Zan's way of figuring time, the rest of us are only good for a few minutes apiece. It's a joke on them. They figured they had permanent specimens here in the zoo.
5: Didn't they even know we'd all die eventually? I don't think
3: so. Uh, George, that is the the second Zan I saw, told me he was 7,000 years old and he's young by their standards. When they learned how quickly we die, they, they were practically shocked to the core. If they have cores.
5: How can you talk that way about it?
3: Academic detachment. I learned it at faculty tees. At any rate, they've decided to reorganize their zoo. Two by two.
5: What, are they going to keep us locked up together in this one little room? Yeah,
3: I'm afraid so. There's plenty of furniture, though. And George promised to bring me my chair.
5: We've got to do something. Why? Well, I don't know. It just, just seems to me we ought to, the human race, to do something. Oh, well, uh,
3: perhaps you have a suggestion?
5: There must be some way. They can be killed, you said. Oh,
3: yes. Uh, I've been studying them.
2: And we're going to get back to this edition of X-1 from the year 1955 on the other side of the news. Here on the X-Zone, X-Zone Nation, I have on our website at xzoneradio.com the missing uh, missing persons poster of little Victoria Stafford. If you'd like to get a copy and uh, send it around to all your friends who may live throughout Ontario, Canada, or the northern United States, wherever, send me an email, xzone at talkstarradio.com and ask me for a poster. I'll send it to you with our compliments and with our thanks. I'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue with X-1 right here live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. And
1: xzbn Net.
2: Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka, X-Minus-One, Dimension X, Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com.
3: They look horribly different. But I think they have about the same metabolic and digestive system as we. I think that anything that would kill one of us would kill one of them.
5: But you said 7,000 years. I
3: I, I think I figured it out. Now, George cut his, uh, I suppose you'd call it his hand, when he brought in my books. Started to bleed. Red blood. But I could see the cut closing as he stood there. By the time he left, it was healed.
5: I don't understand. Well, you see...
3: Whatever factor there is in man that makes him grow old is missing in the Zan. Their regenerative powers must be unlimited. They just don't wear out. They go on and on until they're stopped.
5: Suppose we killed one. There must be some way.
3: What would be the use? They wouldn't even punish us. They'd just give us our food through a trap door and put up a sign saying, Beware of the man. Dangerous.
5: I don't think they'll even have to bother in your case. (laughs) I don't see anything funny.
3: I'm sorry. It just reminds me of Martha. Martha? My wife. She died two years ago. I'm... I'm sorry. Well, not at all. It was a pleasure. Uh, that'll be George with my books. Come in. Hello, George.
4: Hello, Walter. Point one. I have brought your books.
3: Mm-hmm. Point one, eh? Uh, what else is on your mind?
4: Another creature sleeps and will not wake. Oh. A small, feathered one called a duck.
3: Well, it happens, George. I warned you. Old man, death. The grim reaper. I told you about him.
4: Walter, the council of Zan has met. It has been decided logically that A... No life form can withstand the full-strength vibrations with which we cleared
3: your planet. Therefore, the grim reaper you spoke of does not exist. Pretty neat, George. What's B? B,
4: the only intelligent life to escape the vibrations is you. Therefore, the logical conclusion is you are stopping these animals by some means unknown to us.
3: George, you are off your trolley.
4: You will tell me now how this is done. You've got me. Yes, we have. It's necessary to save the remaining specimens as long as possible. If we do not get the information we may be forced to dispense with your species entirely. This means you, Walter, and the female. Now, uh,
3: hold on, George, don't go off half-cocked. Uh, let me take a look at these animals that won't wake up.
4: I will take you there now.
3: Go first, Walter. After you, my dear George. <laughs> You should have got them in the winter, George. The fur's worth more, than It's ermine.
4: This is the reptile cage.
3: Hmm?
4: Here are the ducks. That is the male. The female has been stopped.
3: Yeah, lucky girl. What's the matter, fella, lonely? Hmm?
4: Walter, you will tell me how you stopped the female duck.
3: You got me, George. I didn't do it. Maybe she died of the Dutch elm blight.
4: Walter, you are not being logical. We have concluded you are stopping these animals. Tell us
3: now how it is done. I've told you, George, I haven't the foggiest notion. Very well,
4: we will have to take further
3: action. What are you going to do, George? We will go back now to your room.
5: What happened, Mr. Phelan? Uh,
3: You might call me Walter after all George does. And we have more in common.
5: Please, what happened?
3: Oh, just a duck, a dead duck. George thinks I killed her by remote control. He wants me to tell him how. Did you? Look, I'm just an ordinary anthropologist. There's no telling what those animals died of. Just natural causes. But George can't see it that way. He thinks I'm holding out on him.
5: Good. Hmm, What? At least we can get back at them some way. At least we can do something to them.
3: Why? After all, George isn't a bad fellow. If you like an ant mentality. How can
5: you say that? They murdered the whole in, the human race. I
3: suppose so, but uh, we can't change that now, so why think about it?
5: We just can't sit here and do nothing.
3: I fail to see how we can do anything else.
5: But at least we could be fighting.
3: I can't see the virtue in that. I was more or less content with my books, and we've got George to talk to.
5: Of all the men in the world they had to pick, don't you want to fight back? Don't you want to keep on fighting to the end?
3: It hadn't occurred to me.
5: But we've got to, Walter. Why? I can't really explain it, but... Walter, if there was any good in man, it was that he kept on struggling against nature and, in the end, even against himself. He kept on fighting for what he thought was right, and we're all that's left. Walter, we we just can't end by giving up. We've got to keep on fighting.
3: You know, you do remind me of Martha. There
5: isn't much left for us. We could beat them in this one small thing. We can pretend there's a secret about death. We could refuse to tell them anything.
3: There isn't anything to tell. But
5: they don't know that. Promise me you won't
3: give in. Well, I suppose the worst they can do is kill us. All right, Miss Evans. Hello, George. Hello,
4: Walter. Now you will tell us how these animals are stopped.
3: George, this may come as a shock to you, but I've decided not to tell you. Why? Oh, a romantic attachment to lost causes. My grandfather was a Confederate officer.
4: Walter, you are not being logical.
3: Neither was my grandfather. He charged a Yankee battery with one round of ammunition and a corncob pipe.
4: You are not logical, but that is expected in lower life forms. You will come with me now, Walter.
5: Where are you taking him? To the second level. Go now, Walter. You won't tell them.
3: I can't guarantee anything, but as of now, I don't intend to.
5: We've got to fight, Walter. Remember that. We've got to go out fighting.
3: Yes. Yes, I think you're right.
4: Go now, Walter. Goodbye.
3: It's uh, been a pleasure, Miss Evans. I
4: am waiting. Go now, Walter.
3: After you, my dear George.
4: However, we have calculated that none of them exceed your threshold of unconsciousness.
3: Very clever, George. Of
4: course. You will tell us now. How do you stop these animals? You will tell us now.
3: As of now, no. However, I'm not very brave if that encourages you, George.
4: You are not being logical, Walter. You're telling me. We will now use vibration level two. (laughs) Walter. Walter, you are still conscious.
3: Let me alone, George.
4: You will tell us now. You will tell us now how you stopped the animals.
3: Let me alone. Let me alone.
4: We have had vibration levels one and two. There are still 15 more before your threshold of unconsciousness. No, no,
3: no. Let me alone.
4: Walter, listen to me. Another creature sleeps and will not wake. We must know now. It's
3: tough. you better start vibrating again, George. No. What?
4: It would not be logical. We have calculated that no further level of vibration will overcome your irrational psychological block. We conclude you will not tell. Let me go. That is correct.
3: That's uh, real nice of you, George. I appreciate it.
4: We have calculated that the resistance of the female of your species will be lower. We will now place her under the vibrations.
3: No, 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 George, George, you can't do that. Listen, George. George, there is no secret. Can you understand that? There is no secret those animals died from natural causes. I'm telling you the truth. That is
4: not a logical answer. We will get the woman.
3: I've told you the truth. Can't you understand?
4: We must know now. The female animal cage next to the duck has been stopped. We must preserve the survivor. But
3: the animal animal next to the duck?
4: We will bring the woman here. She will tell us after the vibration. No
3: no, 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 no. Listen, George. You want the truth? You want to know how to save the mates of the animals that have been stopped?
4: You will tell us now?
3: Yes, yes, I'll tell you now. I, I give up. But you've got to promise to leave the woman alone. You promise, George?
4: If we receive the answer from you, Walter, there will be no further need for the vibration.
3: Well, I guess that'll have to do, all right. All right, take me to that stopped animal. I'll tell you how to save the mate.
4: Very well, Walter. You are being logical now. We will go.
5: Are you all right?
3: Just uh, let me catch my breath a
5: minute. What did they do? What happened?
3: After a while, I told them what they wanted to know. Oh, no. As uh, George pointed out, it seemed to be the logical thing at the time.
5: But you promised. I know. It was Mm -hmm. our last chance to beat them on even one little thing.
3: Perhaps. You mind if I sit down? You gave up. I suppose you could call it that. I'm very tired.
5: They've beaten us completely then. There isn't even anything we can do. The last of the human race and we give up. We don't even die fighting.
3: Oh, it isn't that bad. Uh, uh, something might turn up,
5: Martha. What did you call me?
3: Uh, uh, huh? No, I, I must have said Martha. Sorry, she was my wife. She died two years ago.
5: What were you saying? Nothing, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It's too late for the whole human race.
3: What now, George? The council of the sun has met Oh, something wrong, George?
4: A zan has been stopped.
3: What? A zan is dead?
4: That is correct.
3: Well, you didn't believe me, George. But you can die. You can really die. You'll have to get used to that if you're going to stay here.
4: The council has decided. A, you have in some way stopped this zan. B, you and the woman must be eliminated.
3: Walter... No, no, you've got it wrong, George.
4: The council has decided this time you will have the full
5: vibration. This time? Walter... What did they do to you?
3: Oh, they, uh, they have a rather effective third degree.
5: They tortured you, Walter? Yes. And I... I thought... Walter, it was all my fault.
3: I wouldn't even have tried without you. I suppose we have a last chance, now, To... to end with some dignity.
5: I think you're a very brave man, Walter. No,
3: not very. There isn't much else to do. Do we go now, George.
4: I have been told another Zan has died. Uh,
3: Now, now will you believe me?
4: The council of the Zan meets now. Two
3: gone already, and you were with me, George. You know I didn't kill this one. What stopped him then? I told you, it's old man death. You came to the wrong planet, George. Your immortality doesn't go down here. He can stop you, but you can't stop him. And you'll all die if you stick around. What now?
4: The council has decided... This is a place of death. We will leave your planet.
3: Leave? You mean you're giving up?
4: It is not safe for the sand.
5: Oh, Walter, they're leaving. They're really going.
3: Come on then, George. And uh, don't hurry back.
4: It would not be logical to do so. We are leaving the Earth now. Goodbye, Walter.
3: Goodbye, George. <laughs>
5: so wonderful to feel the sun and the wind again.
3: Yeah, they've closed the hatches.
5: Walter, is it safe for us to be out here?
3: Yes, they're not interested in us any longer. They only want to get away. And I want to see this, Grace. The Zan leaving Earth forever. They're blasting off.
5: There they go.
3: Yes, it's all over now. Well, I suppose we might as well go back in.
5: I, I still don't understand. Walter, what made them go?
3: Oh, well, I, just, uh, I just told them the facts of life.
5: Of death, you mean? No, no,
3: of life. After all, I thought George was old enough to know At 7,000 years he was going to be a pretty big boy.
5: I wish you'd stop joking and tell me what happened.
3: Look out the step. Well, uh, you remember when the first animals died?
5: The rabbit and the duck?
3: Yeah, and their mates just started to pine and waste away? yes. Well, that worried the Zan. They wanted to keep the last specimens alive if they could. So finally, I broke down and told them about affection.
5: Affection?
3: Yes. And then I introduced Donald.
5: Donald? Who's that?
3: Here we are. Grace, meet Donald.
5: Oh, Walter, please. What does affection have to do with it?
3: That's what the Zan wanted to know. I told him it was love that made the world go round. That having lost his mate, Donald would die immediately unless he had affection and constant petting. Petting? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I even showed him how. Here, fella, come on. Come here. I held Donald in my arms, and I petted him a while. Then I let the Zan take over with the animal in the next cage. What animal? Take a look.
5: You mean this cage? Mm
3: -hmm. Watch out. Don't go too close. Walter, it's
5: a rattlesnake.
3: Yes. Their metabolism made it impossible for them to die of old age, but I had a hunch that they could be poisoned.
5: Then it was the snake that killed the two, Zan.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. They never even knew what bit them.
5: Then you outwitted them, Walter.
3: Well, I I suppose... I thought
5: you'd just given up. Oh, Walter, I'm so ashamed.
3: You don't have to be. I had given up. I probably wouldn't have fought if you hadn't pushed me. Well, I... Well, we've got a world to plan. A new world, Grace. I know. We'll have to decide which animals to let out of the zoo and which ones it would be safer to keep in. But first, there's a bigger problem. What's that? The human race. Oh. We've got to make a decision about that. Pretty important one. Yes, but... It's been a nice race, even if nobody won it. Of course, it may go backward for a while until it gets its breath. but we can save the books and all the most important things and get it started ahead once more. No! It's the Garden of Eden all over again. Uh, But Eve... I'll have to watch out for that snake.
5: Now, don't. Don't be ridiculous, Walter. You no, know, funny. You,
3: you even blush like Martha. Only, uh, you're stronger than she was. Prettier, too.
5: I, I, I wish you'd forget about Martha.
3: I think I will, my dear. If you'll give me time.
5: Now, Walter, Feelin, you listen to me. If you think for one minute that I... Oh, but I we thought
3: could... it would never happen to me again. But it is love that makes the world go round. So, Grace, if you could only...
5: No, no. I wouldn't marry you if you were the last man on earth.
3: That's exactly what I am.
5: I don't care. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going out. All right, my dear, but...
2: She's going out, and we're going to a commercial break. By the way, Nation. as I said, we do have the missing persons poster for little... Victoria Tory Stafford, on our website at www.xzoneradio.com. And if you'd like me to send you a copy, including the artist uh, sketch of the, of the uh, woman of interest to the Ontario Provincial Police, send me an email, xzone at talkstarradio.com, and I will get it out to you forthwith. And if you could pass it to all your friends, it would be appreciated. When we come back, the conclusion of this edition of X-1, here on the X-Zone, live and around the world,
5: Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Think it over.
3: Please, come back. You see, I told you, it wasn't really so horrible, our story. Remember how it goes? The last man on earth sat alone in a room. And then there was a knock on the door. Come in. Come in, Grace, my dear. You see, it wasn't horrible at all. just a moment. A word about next week's adventure. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Knock by Frederick Brown. Adapted for radio by Ernest Kinoy. Featured in the cast were Alex Scorby as Walter, Laurie March as Grace, and Louis Van Rooten as the Zan. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is an NBC Radio Network production.
2: And then we have this week's adventure of X-1 here on the Talkstar Radio Network. My name's Rob McConnell, and once again, XO Nation, we do have the missing persons poster of little 8-year-old Victoria Tory Stafford, who has been missing since April the 8th, and uh, we're trying to help out by sending out her poster to as many people as we can. If you'd like to get a poster and you're not on one of our lists, please... Send an email to exxon at talkstarradio.com. We will send you the poster, including uh, little Tori's uh, physical description, what she was last seen wearing, as well as the composite sketch of the lady of interest to the Ontario Provincial Police and the Oxford County or Regional Police are looking forward to uh, finding out her identity. And maybe, just maybe, somebody in the Exxon Nation has either seen little Victoria or knows who the lady in the composite is and can make a difference in this case. Once again, if you would like to receive a copy of the missing person's poster, send an email to xzone at talkstarradio.com. That's xzone at talkstarradio.com. Or you can visit our website at www.xzoneradio.com. Now, when I come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, I'll be joined by uh, Brian Knipp. He is the executive secretary of the U.S. uh, Atherius Society. We're going to be talking about the uh, press conference that was held at the press club by Edgar Mitchell, a former NASA astronaut and moonwalker, who was saying that it's about time that the government admit ...that UFOs are real. He claims to have seen uh, UFOs and ETs on NASA missions. Then in our final hour, we'll be speaking to Dr. Don Pett. We're going to be talking about the doomsday clock that moved closer to midnight... ...and how we can help President Obama reverse the motion of the hands. That's still to come tonight here on the Exxon. After all, this is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. The show was then repeated in its entirety from 2 a.m. until 6 p- uh, 6 a.m. on the Talk Star Radio Network for our alternative feeds of uh, several of our affiliates. When I come back, once again, we're going to be speaking about Dr. Edgar Mitchell's statements yesterday at the Press Club, or earlier this week at the Press Club, with the, with the Reverend Brian Knipp, Executive Secretary of the U.S. Ethereus Society here on the Exxon zone on TalkStar. Don't go away. Be back after the news.
0: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun,
1: so winning was a dream come true.
0: Chumbo Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.